Happy Star Wars Day, everybody. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together we do this every day, 3 p.m. Eastern time, 2 p.m. Central, as we do our best to help you guys in that never-ending quest to head back to the window and cash those winning tickets. And apologies right off the bat, if everybody, if it appears a little dark, uh, this is the same shot that I had with Chris's show. We had some technical difficulties, well, really at the beginning and in the middle. But anyway, uh, I was rushing around. I didn't get the lights on. So for continuity, I don't want the two videos side by side going, well, one of them's lit up, one of them's not. So you got me uh, in the in the muted tones today. Scott, you going to celebrate Star Wars Day? I'm going to celebrate the way I usually do, taking a nap and watching sports. <laughs> have in you seen Star Wars tradition? Have you seen all the Star Wars movies? No, I have seen A New Hope, and that's basically it. Okay, very good. I know you're a big Star Wars guy. I am not, but I have watched all. I did watch all the I was movies. Being sarcastic. No, I'm before that you've seen them all, but you're not a big fan. Correct. Yep, I did watch. I did watch all nine in order, uh, one through nine, and that was kind of interesting. But you're not but, a fan. You know, you just saw. Uh, them in order. You know, I I also watched all the Marvel movies, and I would consider yep. myself not really a fan i mean they're all because of your son right i did because he's all these movies are so great and this is the greatest movie like okay i gotta i gotta watch these so and of course i did it right before the pandemic started which would have been the perfect opportunity as you and i were working about 30 minutes a day in the Mm -hmm. beginning of the pandemic when there were no sports to bet on so how'd your uh how'd your tuesday go buddy uh went well monday i basically lost every play that i liked okay tuesday i won every play that i liked so it went pretty well I uh, had the no run first inning cash in the Royals game. Mm-hmm. They tried to run on Perez. What a bunch of morons. And Perez easily gunned him out at second because that's what Sal Perez does. Besides that, basketball games uh, ended up doing pretty well in the podcast, went 2-0. and So can't really complain. Overall, good day. Very good. Hey, Bryce is in the house. Good to have Bryce here. How's uh, your day, Bill? Uh, not bad. Went 3-1 and one on the premiums <clears throat> and uh, missed out on uh, or hit the Golden State Memphis under. Uh, the big heartbreaker, Scott, was the farm play. And, you know, we, by all rights, really should have had no shot to be in that game as it was, what, 2 nothing after two periods? Yeah, give or take. But uh, inexplicably, the uh, Caps came out and put up three goals in the in the third and then well, added, added an empty netter. And we were close. Did, did the, the first... Okay, so they scored the empty netter. And then the next time they shot it down there, did it hit the post? I think it did. I think it did, too. I, but so, either way, we needed one goal from Florida. Yeah, we, and we were close. Goal. We were close on that to get the push win because, yeah. you know, obviously in, in the playoffs, uh, it's it's going to somebody gets to that fourth goal. So yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a it was a mixed bag. We were lucky to be in it, and then it was kind of a heartbreaker that we lost it. So I still like the play. The Capitals scoring three, you got to assume you're good on that. Total. Absolutely. I'm sorry, Capitals scoring four, you got to assume you're good on that total. Absolutely. Shout out to Bryce Moltane. Good to see you, Bryce. Bryce got some kids. We're the best in the business. Damn right. Tell your friends. We uh, we uh, we think we are. So <laughs> uh, Andrew's here. Uh, Golden State versus Memphis was an exciting ending. I t- I'm not gonna lie. I took a little. I took a little live play on Golden State at halftime at plus one twenty. I thought they might uh, put a little rally on them again, and they were up. But man, you can't shoot whatever the fuck they shot, 15% or whatever from from beyond the arc and win many basketball games in the NBA. Yeah, for me, I watched the end of that game. I was going to watch the majority of it, but the Rangers and Penguins kept adding overtimes. 
So I was kind of busy for, I don't know, four hours watching right. that game. But I turned it back. I saw Golden State was up three. Uh, I think it was 89-86. So I caught the last couple minutes. Is there a reason why they just didn't try to double team Morant at all I, as he scored the final 15 points? I, like force anybody else to beat you? I, I didn't really know what the game plan was for Golden State. Uh, apparently that wasn't it. Apparently, apparently they went into the game saying, well, you know, we're going to make John Morant beat us. And he beat them for three quarters. And they said, well, we're going to make John Morant beat us. So I, I just I just didn't get it. No, no, I have I have no idea. No, and you can idea. make an argument saying, well, Memphis is deep, good supporting cast. That's true, but one guy has thirty and change, basically at the start of the fourth quarter, the midway through the fourth quarter. Right. Bain can't move because his back is bothering him, so yeah. he can't shoot. And Dylan Brooks, we'll get to in a second. So and Jaron Jackson fouled out. They had no players. Yeah. Like, I would have rather have had a Zaire Williamson taking threes than letting Morant get free floater layups on every possession. That's and you knew what he was going to do. He was going to drive the lane. That's, that's, that's what the he does. The entire time. By the way, a special shout-out to Tim. you got to love Tim Merle. Tim, Tim checks in on, like, all the shows. He is, he is the quintessential team player here over here at Max Wagers Network. That's like you, isn't it, Scott? Uh, can't really, keep, I can't keep I, you yeah. out of the comment section. I was going to say, you really can't keep me out of the comment section, yeah. <laughs> For other people's shows, uh, and uh, Scott says he hit the uh, over twenty five points for Giannis Curry and James and John Moran. Oh, that's right. That's what he was yeah, talking. Giannis made you sweat for it a little bit. He started. Right. Uh, what was he? O for seven to start the game. O for eight to start the game. I remember you asked me about that. I said the one you should be the most concerned about was Curry, and Curry got there barely uh, a Bankton three-pointer from the top of the key might have helped out or so, but I expected Moran to play well. I expected Giannis to eventually get the 25 or so. I think he finished with 28, I think. But, yeah, Steph didn't play well. Clay was awful. Yeah. I mean, Clay, Clay had a brutal game. Yeah, he, he really just uh, kind of carried through the uh, missing those free throws the other night to piss me yeah, off. Not even just talking about the travel at the end. Sure, this Kerr should have called the timeout. Golden State didn't know what they were doing down three. They tried to pass from the corner all the way across to Curry at the top of the key. And I'm like, what, what is happening right now? Call timeout. Organize something. Clay traveled brick to three. But even before that, Clay was brutal just the entire way through. Here's some here's some high praise from Jim. Uh, this is his, his favorite 3 p.m. YouTube betting show. It's a, it's a niche topic, but we'll take the Emmy. <laughs> Uh, we will, yeah, we won't be on the primetime Emmys. We'll be one of the awards they give in the afternoon. I'll the, take it. Yeah, absolutely. At this, because believe me, dude, I went to the Emmys one year, and it's a it's a pain in the ass. It's a lot of it's a lot of traffic. You got to get dressed up. Well, it's in California, right? It's, yes, it's in California. It's in LA. That's pretty rough. Um. So anyway, you said traffic, so I pieced two and two together. California traffic is not normal traffic. Yeah, I mean it's but it's even it's even worse than usual because there's you know there's no place to park on a good day, and then when yeah. they yeah it's I don't know bitch bitch bitch. Uh, hey, Andrew says you got uh, the uh, three NCAA baseball players he put on the chat yesterday were all rock and chair winners. Very nice. We told you somebody in the comment section was good at betting college baseball, and it's not only Tim Earl, it's also Andrew as well. Uh, excellent, Andrew, and that's. That's another reason why I love the comment section, because I think we have the best comment section. I could be slightly prejudiced. I think we have the best comment section of any betting show at 3 o'clock. <laughs> no, at any betting show on YouTube. We've got some great handicappers sharing great picks. And there's something, there are three picks that you're not going to just find. 
You're not you're not going to just like see all kinds of data in your cabinet to play that. It was three college baseball picks. A couple of them were in the weeds, if I remember. Like it was beautiful. I, I just uh, I know I know one of them. Yeah, was uh, Dallas Baptist. So yeah, very nicely I think done. One I think one was Oregon State. Yep, under, Oregon, Oregon, Oregon State under. Yep. And I know that Arizona was hitting like seventy percent of the Rovers or something. I'm assuming that was the third. That was another one. I, there, I think it, I think it was. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Hey, Bronco Devil with the the highest praise we're going to get from him. The best the best show with two guys named Scott. Fine. Jim telling us that we beat out Ellen. It's great. We beat. Uh, we ended up beating her so badly in the ratings that she had to cancel. <laughs> going to quit. Going to quit. Yeah. Drove her to drove her to quit. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't forget to like all these people giving us all these things. Man, make sure you uh, make sure you convert those likes in your mind to likes with your thumb or with your clicker or with your mouse, whatever. Make sure you Something. hit. The, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you get subscribed to our YouTube channels, both the Winners and Winers YouTube channel and the Max Wagers Network YouTube channel as well. And naturally, we want you to check out the deal that we got going with our partners over there at Caesars. Uh, still same deal, Scott. Eleven hundred dollars first bet, absolutely on the house. If you win, you have won a thousand dollars. If you lose, you will be reimbursed by Caesars for that bet. So it is really a true no-lose proposition. First bet only, initial deposits only. Must be in the states that already have Caesars. Must be 21 to play, except if you happen to be in New Hampshire or Wyoming. And the links are in the description, both the code that you must have, and that is ATSWINSCZR. And you have to click on the link that is provided. And I wanted to remind you that I also have a premium service available. If you'd like to get more of my picks, uh, the link is in the show description, or you can also go to winnersandwiners.com, click on the experts tab, and you will find information on how to get signed up with my premium plays. So that about it for the plugs. Uh, yeah, I believe that's it for the plugs. Can you, can you tell us, can you tell us the lineup on max wagers network that everybody should be listening to? So truth is you should watch every show. Okay. That max wagers network has. So just keep that in mind. But what's on at noon? Oh, that's midday money. Sure it is. With? That is with. That, that's with. Sean. And Sean. Sean. Sean, and, Sean and Tim. Sean Higgs. Sean. Just Higgs. Sean? Yeah, just Sean. Damn. Although, you know, Tim, he's everywhere. So he's probably out there, too. I thought Tim was doing like a bunch of stuff. And then at noon or at one o'clock. One o'clock you have. Uh. That's Ali's show. I was going to say, we were on her show last night. Yeah, so Ali, Bur- show. Ali Burns that's doing um, Morning Wood. Yep, very good. Two o'clock. At two o'clock, you have your show. Uh, yep. Well, your second show. Right. Technically, I was first. That's right. You always knew my first. Show. And then our show. And then four o'clock. Four o'clock is, um, I'm trying to remember if it's plural or not. Is not plural. And that's the that's Tim's show. It is not. Four o'clock is Sean Miller doing his soccer. Oh, that's right. Show. We moved it for soccer. That's and then right. and then five o'clock is oh, Tim. You hit me with a trick question. Tim Tim, Tim Nick yeah. in Detroit Lenny. Game dude. time decision. He's getting better, folks. He's getting, getting better. He's man. getting better. Don't call be- me the best color man in the business. <laughs> they don't call me the best color man. Very good. Tim says he's everywhere. I forgot we, I forgot we added the soccer show. My bad. Uh that Arizona overstat was uh oh from another dude. Uh, okay. And that the stat doesn't check out, so be careful. Okay, there you go. Truth is, I actually don't know where you can find a record of overs and unders for college baseball because some databases will have basketball 
They'll tell you overs, unders. Baseball, I'm not sure about from a game-in, game-out basis. Nope, I agree. I agree. Eric Nesbitt said he watches every single show. Respect. And respect back to you, my brother. Absolutely. Anybody that's that's uh, five more shows than Scott watches. <laughs> In my defense, I was filming a couple podcasts today. Fair enough. I don't know if you know how podcasts work, but you really don't have to film them. But that's oh yes, you do. <laughs> Story for another day. You film a podcast. It's not a podcast. Well, I mean, you still <laughs> record it, but we use Zoom. So hey, technically, I'm what did I forget to what did I forget to promote, Scott? What is this sat What is this piece? Saturday? I don't know. What is this Saturday? Derby? Yes. It's our Kentucky Derby guide, absolutely free. If you guys got our baseball guide for free, you know how good it is. But we've got some serious horse guys over there at Winners and Winers. Um, so make sure you uh, click the link in the description. Once again, it's free. It's got information on all the horsies that are going to be running in the Kentucky Derby. I think there's some stuff about the Kentucky Oaks in there as well. Don't hold me to that, but I believe there is. So make sure you get our guide. It should be available on Thursday or Friday at the latest. Plenty of time for you to take advantage of it and get your bets down. So it's weird. Nobody asked me to write for it, Scott, even though I crushed it last year. I, I, that's above my pay grade. I know. I know. I no say. If it makes me feel any better. I didn't write anything for it either. I will be the, I will be the first to admit that is a once in a lifetime performance. I know very, very little about horse racing. I just happen to pick, pick them out of my ass. It will never be repeated. I will, I will say that. So I'll be the, uh, horse track reporter for the Belmont because I'm going again this year. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Enjoy. All right, buddy, let's find out what happened yesterday, shall we? Let's find out uh, the winners, the winners, the people that took it in the shorts, the people that took it to the bank. You know who you are. Who had to pick out their flip phone and dial up them coppers? All right, very good. Hey, uh, if you had the Celtics... Oh, I know this is a heartbreaking one for many. Uh, I had the under, so I liked it. But if you had the Celtics team total over 110 and a half, they just needed 46 points in the second half. They did not get 46 points. They got 44, and they finished with 100 and Nuevo. 109 Celtics team total over 110 and a half. Throw it in the trash and call the cops. Yeah, to be honest, the team total under was the lock that I had on the podcast. So that worked out pretty well for me and you, apparently. Yep, I had, uh, I had, the, full, I had the full game under, but yeah, it all worked out. Either way, uh, if you had the Athletics on the money line against the Rays, they led by two runs after eight innings, and then Zanino hit the game-tying two-run shot in the ninth, went to the tenth, and Tampa immediately scored five runs in the tenth inning. Oakland lost the game. Sending well over 700 fans home disappointed from... They were extremely mad, but the traffic out of the place wasn't too terrible. No, no, it's it's, it's nothing like the Emmys, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Finally, if you had the Phillies, team total over four and a half going up against those wicked Rangers. They scored three runs in the first inning, and they finished with four. They were only able to add one more run in the rest of the, the other eight innings because of that lockdown Texas Rangers bullpen. Jesus. We talked about it. Yeah, we did. They've been better lately. I know. I know. Team total over four and a half in the Phillies. Call the cops. Yeah, Phillies, uh, not very good. Uh, no. No, that apparently is the case. That is absolutely the case. I believe case. we had that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still early, of course. It is. It's the same story every year. It's the same old song and dance. So Same as it ever was. Yeah. There was good news out there, Scott. There was some... People that were on the right side, and I believe uh, I believe one of these is going to be well. Yes, one of these is going to be our premium play. 
Uh, one of them was a kind of a controversial decision. I know you wanted to talk about this a little bit, so let's uh, let's get right to it. Let's find out who had the nice, easy time of it. Who's the time of it? Who's sitting back with a nice Cohiba, having a fine single malt scotch as they just uh, started to snooze a little bit as they were sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one was a player prop. If you had the Dylan Brooks props, points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers, turnovers, really anything, uh, you ended up winning. Except ejections. Yeah, except ejections. You ended up winning because we're going to stick with points at 18 and a half. He had zero points in the first three minutes and then karate chopped Gary Payton II in the head. And he was ejected from the game three minutes in. Yeah, you didn't really have to sweat that out because he was thrown out of the venue three minutes into the game. So, <laughs> yeah. It was controversial. It was not controversial. It was 100% a flagrant two. The only question is, is he getting suspended for game three? I think he should because Gary Payton the second fractured his elbow. I think he should be suspended for game three. Yeah, that was in, unless you had total number of ejections over a half. <laughs> all the unders cashed. Do you think he should? Do you think he should be suspended for game three? Because I don't know if you believe in grading a suspension retroactively, but I do believe when the player gets injured for X amount of time, that should play a factor in the overall suspension. So I think Brooks should get suspended minimum one game. His pay in the second's probably done for the year. I'm kind of hardcore, but I think they should be suspended the same number of games the player misses. Okay. I think if you uh, if you injure somebody and you you know like you see it a lot in football low block or a blindside or something and you tear somebody's knee up and they're done for the year so are you no pay sorry now memorabilia mentions a good point which is Dylan Brooks getting ejected uh, would actually be beneficial for Memphis because Dylan Brooks stinks and I was kind of hoping Golden State would make an argument going no please no 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 he didn't mean it like oh. they're trying to convince the refs to keep brooks in the game because you know if brooks was in the game moran's taken like 10 less shots right and golden state probably would have won the game i don't think dylan brooks is any good but i do believe he should be suspended because gary payton the seconds season is over and you can't just get away with one ejection I, I think that should involve missing numerous games maybe they could surprise him and they as soon as he starts the next game they just throw him out they make him think he's going to play. And then, oh, no, you're ejected for this one, too. And you, you're out of here. You're out of like, here. Yeah. But I think he should be suspended minimum game three. Yep. I, I completely agree with that. And if you had the Celtics minus five and a half against the Bucks, this was never a game, Scott. Led by 25 at halftime. They played with their food a little bit in the second half. They end up losing the second half by two. As we talked about, they only had 44 points. But they still win by 23. Congratulations. Uh, it was exact reversal. Of game one. Yeah, if you want to go for odds makers or drunk in general, the totals in this series, way too high. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So, yeah, that was one of my premiums yesterday that I had that was the under in that game. Yeah. And what else you got? Uh, looking at the last one, if you ended up having the under in the Warriors-Grizzlies uh, game at 227. I did. Steen allegedly had it. Nobody could find it, but he had the play apparently. And it was really never in doubt because three of the four quarters had less than 54 points and the game landed 207. Easy money, baby. Easy money. If only people would have got to see that pick. 
Well, you mentioned it on this show. I did. I did. I did say that that was my play of the day. But uh, we believe we have found the culprit about what are happy is happening to our YouTube stuff. Hopefully, hopefully. So global warming. Fingers glow in this economy. In this economy, yeah. uh, Hurricanes game should be over before the Mavericks start. Uh, oh, is he rolling it over? I was gonna say it should be because that uh, the the Phoenix game starts at ten. And the Carolina game starts at 7. So unless it goes to overtime or something, you should be good by about half an hour. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, Memphis didn't back down. They ended Peyton and gave Tremont a mild concussion. All in the span of about five minutes. Yeah. Brutal. Brutal. Brooks looks like a Dave Chappelle fan. What do you think of that whole story? Um, I don't know, man. Um. Well, you were you were the stand-up comedian. That's why I'm asking. Well, I'll, well you mentioned you got held at gunpoint one time. Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, well, I didn't. It wasn't held at gun. They just they tried to pull. Somebody one. was approaching the stage. Yeah, tried to whatever. tried to pull one on me. Yeah, so yeah. Um, and what? So help me out here, bud. What am I? What am I? What am I, What did I miss about Dave Chappelle and Dylan Brooks? He was. Perf- uh, Brooks looked like the Chappelle fan. Um, oh, something well, happened with Chappelle at the at the Hollywood Bowl. I saw a still of it on Twitter, but I didn't read okay, the story. I wasn't story. sure if you knew the story. Uh-uh. So, what happened? He was on stage, and a fan jumped on stage and just tackled him. And then it's assumed that security beat the crap out of him. And there was a video of him sitting in, like, the... I can't say the, the stretcher for the ambulance, because he was sitting upright, but he was on, like, the bed that they take you to transport you. And his arm was like completely bent backwards. Okay, I've seen. I saw the long shot at the Hollywood Bowl and said Chappelle handled it like a pro. And then I saw a guy on the ambulance comparing it to uh, Peter Griffin in Family Guy when he, when he fell over, whatever. So somebody uh, just decided to tackle Dave Chappelle mid-performance. It and is Chappelle, I guess, just you know handled it. It is something that you worry about as a performer on stage. Um, I would even. I would even worry about it more these days because I think the 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 window of what you can talk about has narrowed. So it's much easier to offend people. You know, I've talked about my story before. I offended somebody that wasn't all there mentally, but um yeah, I it's something, you know, and obviously when I was touring, I was in a lot, I was in a lot better shape too. So I mean, I didn't worry about it as much. Um, as like a female would have to, or, you know, I would today. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's always, it's always in the back of your mind, man. When you, when you, when you start having interactions with, and I don't know if you had an interaction with the guy, uh, but people will most get most upset, uh, if they're heckling you or if they're talking loudly or, you know, or maybe not even heckling, but they're trying to help. They, they talk back and, they think they're helping the show and you fucking put them in their place and you start out nice and then you get not nice. And some people take real umbrage to that. And especially if they've had a few. Uh, yeah, there's been definite times. I think every comic would tell you stories about people that have approached them on stage or gotten on the stage. It's it's scary shit. It, I'm not going to lie. It's it's a uh, it's a it's a weird part of the business. So good for Chappelle that he wasn't uh, seriously hurt. The Tyson one was weird memorabilia because he wasn't being physically attacked somebody was just trying to start something up probably for a payday i mean that's why most people if anybody would start up with mike tyson but you can be dumb but that's next level dumb if you're not having a game plan before you decide to poke the bear of mike tyson and yeah tyson turned around and smacked the crap out of him could he have beaten him like 
more badly? Yes. But now, shocker, Mike Tyson's being sued for assault. Yep. And the guy's probably going to get paid. Um, so it was definitely calculated. Just saying. Yep. There you go. So uh, they said that somebody said that the uh, they might have had a gun. Said he might have been armed. Oh, the, and then the J.C. Stone talking about the uh, the guy that shot Dimebag Daryl. Yeah, that was a yeah. A surprise that doesn't happen more often. There's really one story that or one overlying theme at a lot of these venues, and there's one meme about it with the old guy who's the security person who's like barely doing a pat down. They really need to improve some security at some of these venues. Uh, I'm okay with going through a metal detector. You know, metal detector is fine, but I'm saying even just security stage presence. They just need a couple more guys. Well, it used just to be to make sure that nobody fully gets on stage because it's one thing if you're sitting front row. I just don't know how somebody sitting front row has time to climb on stage and spear the performer before anybody moves. Yeah, when did they stop having like the badass security guys between the front row and the stage? Yeah, that are just turned around. They, you got them spaced like about the concert mosh pit bouncer guys. Right, you got them. You got them spaced about every six feet, and they just sit there with their arms folded, looking at the crowd. What happened to those fuckers? Yeah, huh. I, I don't know. He had a plastic. Uh, he, he had a plastic. They had a plastic holder. He had a knife in it. Dude had a fake gun and was actually. Uh, it was actually a knife. That's fucked Either up. Either way, the point is, is that there needs to be better security at some of these venues. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And you would think, you know, you'd think the Hollywood bowl would have it figured out. It ain't, it ain't exactly yeah. stinky's nightclub, you know, I don't know. Good for, good for Chappelle. And, uh, you know, that's fucking, you know, you know, Chappelle's going to turn this into a stand up bit in like two months. Right? Of course, of course yeah. he is. He has to, you, mm -hmm. you know, Richard Pryor did it when he set himself on fire freebasing. So yeah, you, you have to actually make light of it. All right, so enough about that. Let's talk about uh, what's going on tonight. Scott, was there any surprises last night in the world of hockey for you? How would you feel about the hockey outcomes? I'd say the main surprise was the Capitals-Panthers game, not the actual total, which was a bit annoying, but the overall result with the Capitals winning. Everything else was not that surprising. I thought the Rangers would win. I mean, triple overtime's triple overtime. You know, that that's a coin flip game and a coin flip series. Pittsburgh got it done. Uh, the Colorado's game did not surprise me at all. In fact, my McKinnon power play prop cashed in about three minutes. I said over half a point on the power play at plus 140. He got in about two minutes and 20 seconds. So that worked out well. But I feel like the score jumps off 7-2. And then you realize, once again, Nashville's starting goalie's dead. And they're going to just lose handily in every game in the series before Saros comes back. But the one surprise has to be Washington winning. I was disappointed in Florida's performance. Yeah. You? Yeah, the, well, I actually I, I suggested taking a spin on the Capitals yesterday on Chris's show just because of the, just because of the value, but Yeah, you have the experience, I get it, but when you're the President's Trophy winner, you probably should not get outplayed for about two and a half periods by the Capitals. Right. Oh, and I and I did misspeak earlier. They did have I forgot they had one in the first. I thought they had all their goals in the third period, but they did have uh, they did have uh, one in the first, so it it was two to one. Yeah, uh, Panthers, not not uh, two zip. Bronco Devil said security guys are too overweight. Let me tell you something but about they take up a lot of surface area. Let me tell you something about overweight security guys. Here's here's how it is, and I'll put myself in this group as well. We uh, we may not be able to go long. We're not gonna we're not gonna go ten rounds, but for the first thirty seconds, which is really 
generally what you need from a security guard. I'll take a fat muscled guy any fucking day of the week. I'll take I'll take somebody with some heft that just throws those motherfuckers right back in the crowd. So you're also forgetting it's not really about the quickness there. The point is you don't want them to have the opportunity to go up on stage in the first place. Right. So if you have security guards that are taking up more space because they're heavier, that's not a bad thing in this situation. It is not. It is absolutely not. You need some you need some heft and you might have to push back against the crowd surging forward and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, you don't see Barney Fife out there. Jesus Christ. I just th- I immediately think of Kevin Bacon in Animal House. Like remain calm. All is well. All is well. And then All. it gets immediately trampled. Like yeah. that's that's the contrary of, you know, that's the opposite side of getting an athletic person who can maybe do something. No, he's gonna get trampled. So <laughs> one one hitter quitters. That's right, buddy. That's right. Just takes one. Um Predator's gonna win a game. Okay. I thought they would potentially win one, and we'll see if Sauro stands on his head. But for the most part, I thought that Colorado was going to win in five, which mm-hmm. was my initial thought. Right. Nothing about that game yesterday surprised me besides being up 4 nothing in 13 minutes. That was a bit excessive. But no, it, Nashville's not very good, and they're missing their best player. Yep, very good. And as far as the, uh, as far as the NBA games go, we talked a little bit about those. Uh, what'd you learn? Did you learn anything last night that you didn't know before? Were you surprised the Bucks were that non-competitive? I would say yes, because I was leaning Bucks plus the points. But my favorite play in that game was the under and the Celtics team total under, which somehow got there. Right. But the point is, I was expecting low-scoring games, and we ended up getting those in both uh, pretty handily, actually. Both games weren't even close to the total. But the main takeaways I had was that I thought the Bucks series was going to go six or seven. And I thought Memphis's series was going to go six or seven. And now we're at a game apiece in both two games through. Yep. So they're both should be going six or seven. So yep. no, I did not really learn anything. Did you? Off and running. No, no, not at all. Especially now. I'm not going to overreact to the game. It's classic zigzag theory. I'm not going to yep. overreact to it. Uh, Jojo Rabbit said he was crowd surfing once and pushed into one of those huge bouncers. He just <laughs> threw me back into the crowd with no effort at all. That's the way it works, man. Picturing uh, like Mongo in uh in blazing saddles it was like the one guy you could just like knock out a, a horse no problem like that's the type of security guys you're getting yeah alex alex, alex Karras, exactly yeah. or you go the other direction hire ninja 13 uh third degree black belt and he's a security guard at a nightclub yeah sometimes it's, and i'm sure he has a lot of opportunities to show people that they have underestimated him if he's not especially if he's not a big dude if he's just a regular sized dude that happens to be very, very uh, well schooled at karate, then I would imagine some people get surprised on a nightly basis at that club, depending yeah. on how rowdy it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's always oh, a small, but he's a small Vietnamese guy. There you go. That's exactly the kind of fuckers you like. Blah 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you're on the ground. You're like, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. I, I did not see that coming at all. Like, yeah, you have Joe Rogan pops out of nowhere. He's got the tap. He's got the choke. <laughs> oh, yeah, no shit. No yeah. shit. That's exactly right, too, man. Um, trying to see what's going on. The the Royals not making much of a show of it. Uh, Bubich, now that I haven't, now that I didn't fade him, uh, he's pitching uh, as poorly as I anticipated last time. Wainwright seems to have found his mojo again, and it's called the Kansas City Royals, but they're up 7 nothing. Uh, I'm going to ask you though about Bubich just quickly shocker by the way if you didn't realize Joe Adele got sent down again yesterday so uh, have fun with that experiment uh, Los Angeles but Bubich's ERA is 13 yes 
I'm assuming he's not starting again, right? They're going to send him down, I'm assuming, and bring no. him up maybe in a month or two. Oh, no, he'll start again. They're just going to keep throwing him out there to get he, killed? If he gets killed in his next start, he'll maybe go down. Because you know. he didn't even – he got one out today. He gave up four runs. It, it might be time to consider sending him back down to AAA. Um. Yes, I just, I'd have to. I haven't kept up with how everybody's doing at AAA so far, so I don't know who's in a position to come up. But yeah, I, you can't you can't keep a black hole like that. And we've really, we'll see how Lynch does. But Kansas City potentially has two gigantic black holes there with the two with the two lanky lefties in Lynch and Boomer. Lynch. What I forgot what Lynch's ERA was. I remember it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going into his last. Time. I think it's under ten. I'm I'm saying I don't think it's that bad per, per se. I know Hernandez has been a bit shaky. Truth is, Granky's been nails. Keller's been good too, and that's basically it. I feel like the back three of your rotation have been kind of awful. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jojo Rabbit says St. Louis parlays not looking bad. He got the cards cards in the Blues. What By the way, I thought so. Lynch has a three eight six ERA. Oh wow! So he's had like two. I'm saying he Lynch has not been that bad. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm just thinking of like his first his first outing was just horrible. Yeah. But Bubich, I mean, ERA of 13. It it might, it might be time. Yeah. He's had he's had, again he's I think he started five games, had one decent appearance, and it was again when we faded him. So. Yeah. Uh, what do you call the St. Louis parlay? If you if you call if you got the name for the, uh, the Bada Bing in New York, what do you the Arch Madness? I mean, I know that's taken with the that works, I guess. That's taken. It's probably copywritten. So. Probably, but you just said it. 1777 says people are saying uh, Major League hitters are getting exposed with the no-juice ball. I don't know if exposed is the right word, but I think what we're finding out is the new ball isn't a great match for the way the game has evolved into a uh, checker record game, basically, where you're mm-hmm. striking out or swinging for the fences. And if you got a ball that don't fly, now you're just striking out or making out. <laughs> So yeah, pretty much now, memorabilia had a follow-up point saying that people are claiming that the hitters are hitting the ball just as hard, but it's just not traveling as far. I showed you and, that. I showed you that stat the other day, right? Did I show you that graphic? Yeah. Did I send that to you guys? Mm-hmm. You did. Now the point is that I do believe that the new ball isn't helping. I miss the juice ball, but I also believe the couple years of juicing the baseball is definitely, I'd say, warped our expectations yeah. of what to expect moving forward. But it also goes into the fact that the actual philosophy of baseball has changed. And you were already, with the juice ball, getting more strikeouts because more teams were just trying to hit home runs in the checker or wrecker style of play. And now you're not even hitting as many home runs, but you're still wrecking. Yeah, exactly. So that's why the batting averages are so low. It's why the baseball totals are so low. The ball definitely hurts because you're getting less home runs, but the actual mindset is still resulting in a bunch of strikeouts. Yep. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Paul Sturette has a great name for it, the Show Me Parlay. I'm down. I'm down. Works for me. That's the name. Uh, Jan Dudley, good baseball dude, by the way, does a lot of research. Pat Corbin, 19 earned in 19 innings pitching Colorado tonight. What happened to that dude? He wanted to, he uh, sold his soul to the devil and his talent to the devil to win a World Series ring. Yeah, he uh, he fell off the cliff, man. No no question about it. We might be mentioning that game later. Might be mentioning that game later. He also had a bad year last year. Yep. Yep, yep. It was not good. But nothing like this year. Oh, that's that's very true. And we'll uh like I said, we might touch on some of those stats a little bit later. Um any surprises early baseball that you've seen? Any of the scores there? Uh, I'd say the main surprise is well, this team has a losing record, so I'm not that surprised, but 
Hell, Pittsburgh's only four under. Good for them. I thought they'd be the I thought they'd be the Reds right now, but no. no. Uh, if you want to talk about actual surprises, uh, I'd say the my main surprise here is San Diego, right? Being fifteen and eight, and they're winning right now in the sixth inning. I like their win total under when the uh, season didn't start yet because I figured Tatis was going to be out for a couple months. Yep. I wasn't a big fan of the overall lineup without him. And yet they are on pace to be 16 and eight, which I find extremely surprising. I thought they would be a decent team finishing somewhere around 84. But if you're 16 and eight, I'll admit I was wrong about you because the Padres have actually been really good. Well, it's a long season, but I will say as of right now, you said what surprised me. I did not think San Diego would get off to this good of a start with no Tatis. Um, I'm surprised that uh, Arizona has played as well as they have. They're uh, they're looking to pull into to 500 if they can hold on against the Marlins there. That's in the eighth inning. Sweep. And uh, yeah, and the uh, the Marlins uh, they're going to be 500 as well if they lose that one. So, um, yeah, 1777 talking about the uh, the the rotation for the pods. Uh, Mania Clevenger, Musgrave, uh, Darvish. Yeah, and... we we knew it was good. The the issue was going to be the bullpen and the lineup without Tatis. Yeah, and the pitching has been good. Obviously, that wasn't the question. The question was, can the offense hit enough? And it seems like Machado and Hosmer have really picked up the slack without Tatis. Yeah, see, those guys had been, I think, dramatically overpaid for what they've produced for. Well, Machado's been really good. Hosmer's contract has been a mess. Well, if, if everybody in Kansas City knew the secret with <laughs> Hosmer, he was gonna he was gonna hit two sixty, knock in eighty runs, and hit twenty and, and hit in twenty hit twenty homers, and that's pretty much that's I his mean, that's his max. He's a, he's a good first baseman. But that's a position that there's a lot of good first basemen out there. So Yeah, but I'm looking at the Machado contract, and I know he's getting paid a bunch of money, and you can make an argument if he should or shouldn't. He still had 106 RBIs last year. He's batting 375 this year. So I still think Machado's a great player. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what exactly he would be worth, but his contract isn't as bad, in my opinion, as Hosmer's, because Hosmer's underachieved every year he's been in San Diego. Yeah, he really has. And that's, you know, I was, that's, that's surprising to me. If you'd told me how many, if you'd asked me how many RBIs Machado had, I would have said 92. So the fact that he had a season. Yeah. So the fact that he had 106, I think that's surprising. I'm saying he's, he's going to be around 100. Hosmer, you're paying like he's going to be in 90 RBI first baseman. Yeah. And he's usually in the seven. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. He's usually going to top out at 80 RBIs, hit 17 to 20 home runs. I don't know how many. Yeah. A bunch of doubles thrown in there. Yep. Yep, he'll hit some he'll hit some gap to gap stuff. So uh, good for the Padres, and yeah, I was on you. Uh, I, I thought uh, once again the Giants were going to be better than the Pods, and that so far has not been the case. So uh, Yankees have been a big surprise as far as uh, I know w- what you projected, and I think what a lot of people projected. Scott, I can, thought they would finish fourth in the division, can, and they've won eleven straight. Can they? Su- so they can they sustain? I mean, obviously they're not going to they're not going to win the rest of the games, but can they sustain their division lead? I think they can. The fact that they took the first two in Toronto and they actually beat a game that Manoa started is huge for the Yankees, just confidence-wise moving forward. Because the Yankees were not very good, especially in Toronto last year. But I do think the main takeaway from the Yankees that is sustainable is the fact that I think they have the best bullpen in the league. And I mentioned it yesterday. Chapman's still going to be eventful in the ninth. He's given up no earned runs, but it's not pretty when he comes in. But you look at who the Yankees have in that bullpen, it's absolute nails. Michael King's been great. You can look at all the setup guys. I know Isaac has been hit or miss, but Holmes has been insane. 
you can really just go down the line of who they have. Green's been good. Castro's been good. They just have a lot of bullpen arms. The lineup has been producing more than I thought it would. Judge has really caught fire over the last week and change. But I do think the one sustainable part is the bullpen. Okay. Angels first place in the West. I think, didn't Tim like the Angels and we roasted him pretty hard for it? I don't recall if he liked the Angels or not. I, I know was, we didn't. I think he did like the Angels. I do too. I think I, or, we, I we definitely didn't. I'm not. I know we didn't. Truth is, I'm not fully surprised by the Angels' initial success because Trout, Otani, and Rendon are all healthy for now. We'll see if they can stay healthy. That's usually the problem you run into is the fact that two of those three usually get hurt. Yep, that's absolutely true, and we we baked that in when we made our assessment. So, again, I will say 25 games do not a season make. See, memorabilia, I think that Trevino and Higgy are not good hitting catchers, but defensively they are actually really good, and Trevino's kind of been the starting catcher recently. But I can say that he sucks when he's had two appearances with Garrett Cole, and Cole's given up no runs. So just because you can't hit, doesn't mean that you're an awful catcher. Trevino's a really good fielding catcher, and he's a very good framer of pitches. And apparently calls a pretty good game as well. Which is, yeah, which is a very underrated skill, but when I wouldn't say he sucks. He can't hit. Like, he sucks at hitting. But fielding-wise, the Yankees have really good fielding catchers and really good game callers behind home plate. Yep. And it almost seems like a uh, as the Yankees' resurgence has coincided with the resurgence of Garrett Cole. Obviously, he's just starting one every five days. But uh, do you think there's an, an a bit of an attitude adjustment? Do you think there's a? Uh, well, you, I'm of, assuming you watched Cole start against Kansas City. Uh, yeah, yeah. He didn't look very good, to be honest. He didn't no. look sharp at all, but he gave up no runs. Well, and we've talked before. You've got to win. You got to win those games in the middle. You got to win those games when you don't have your best stuff, and you got to win your games when you don't have any stuff. Call it a couple of bases loaded jams first, and like he, he got into trouble. I would say Cole has not really looked dominant in his last. He didn't look dominant in his last start against Kansas City, but I think that goes back to Trevino's point, or my point about him is that he calls a good game. He knows what pitchers are working and what doesn't, and he can potentially steal you a strike or two by framing. So it seemed like Cole battled, but do I think he would have battled that well if? Gary Sanchez was his catcher? Probably not. Okay. Um, all right, let's make some uh, real quick, and I mean really quick, but uh, I kind of realized we recapped it. We really didn't do any picks for tonight. Uh, Philadelphia, Miami, Miami minus eight, 207 and a half. What do you got? So for this one, I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Miami. Okay. I want to make a case for Philly. I just don't think they can score. I like the team total under for the Sixers. Yep. It's around 100 and a half. I like the under. I got they got 92 in game one. I'll give them 95 in game two. I'll be generous. I'm the same place in that. Dallas Phoenix, Phoenix minus six, 216. I'm taking Phoenix. Okay. At the end of the day, Doncic scored 45. Yep. Congratulations. Phoenix took, took their foot off the gas entirely when they were up 16 with about five minutes to go. I gave out a play today on the Suns minus one and a half games in the series. I just think Phoenix is an awful matchup for Dallas. Yep. Yep. Now the Booker's back. I think the series is over. But what can, what can you do? You're looking at the big men that Dallas has. You need Kleber to go five for eight from three again. And Powell played 16 minutes 
Aiton's going to feast. Absolutely. NHL, Carolina minus 125.5 over Boston. I know that Carolina's done really well against Boston this season. I think it's going to be a tough series. I'm taking Boston. I know that it's a hot take. You can argue that the money line should be a lot higher because Carolina's killed this team in every meeting they've had this season. So I wouldn't take the Bruins at this price because I think it should be higher. But I personally think they'll win the game. I don't mind an overtime draw if you want to go for three to one. Okay. I'm not, I'm not getting in front of that freight train. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, I'm, Tam- I'm mentioning my personal thoughts. I think that series is going six or seven. Fair enough. Tampa Bay, Toronto. Toronto minus 135, six and a half. I'm going to hold my nose and take Tampa. I'm with you. Vasilevsky's so good off losses. And after that embarrassing showing, I got to assume Tampa responds. Yep. Yep. We talked about that last night on Alley's show. Vasilevsky, an incredible record after uh, playoff losses. He's undefeated, isn't he? Yes, he is. What is he, 14 or no? 14 no, five shutouts. Yeah. Yep. Just absolutely brutal. Uh, St. Louis, Minnesota. Minnesota, 146 is your number. Going back to the Blues, dude. Yeah. Going into the series, I liked Minnesota. Yep. And then I saw game one, and I remembered that Marc-Andre Fleury playoffs, playoff performances are a box of chocolates. And for the most part, there's a lot of value on St. Louis. Who saw the shutout? I'm going with St. Louis. Speaking of uh, a goalie that, uh, well, it's not like you don't know what you're going to get. He's not a box of chocolates. He's a box he's of, just he's a, just an empty box with the fucking wrappers in there. Or it's uh, rotten chocolates. Has uh, Edmonton laying two hundo against Los Angeles? <sighs> you want to lay two hundred with Mike Smith? No chance. I think if you're going to take Edmonton, or if you want to back them doing well, take the team total over because yeah. if they're going to win, they're probably going to score four. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I'm looking at it. I like the over in this game. I know we covered that on Total Chaos yesterday. If you want an actual side play on this game, I think it's quite attractive. To get the Kings Puck plus line. one and a half yeah. at around minus 135. Yep, I was going to say the same thing. All right, very good. Well, that leaves us just one thing left to do. Are you ready? Yep, let's do it. What'd you, did you did you make some adjustments there at your place? What do you mean? I thought the sound seemed a little better. Uh, thank you. Uh, no, I, I didn't did touch anything. Okay. I, I did change the poster, so maybe the poster behind me moving it a little bit did something. That must be it. That fixed everything. Hey, you're the one who mentioned something. I didn't no, I mention know. anything. All right, I you, can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. No, I wasn't being sarcastic. It sounded it sounded better. I was being sarcastic when I said, well, that changed everything. It just okay. Sometimes sound is different. Day-to-day, atmosphere, the humidity, the pressure. Sometimes sound is just different, and that's the way it, it could works. Could be. I don't know. So right. I, I, I don't know if I need the new mic in the end. Yes, see, you do. But, okay. All cool. right. Good talk. All right. Good talk. All right, guys, it is that time. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. It is Star Wars day. Tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. Man, you can just you can just party your ass off uh, right in, into uh, in from the 4th to the 5th, and you get the re- Revenge of the 6th. So it's a, it's a three-day weekend right in the middle of your week. Tequila. There you go. That's the game plan for uh, Cinco de Mayo. So... Before you go out and get all drunky, we got uh, we got something going on here, and we are going to uh, we're going to do it. We're going to put on our good May the Fourth overalls. We're going to put on our straw hats, climb aboard our John Deere, get our keychain out, put them in the ignition, and fire that bad boy up. Because kids, once again, it is time to bet the farm. You going to play the sound effect? I guess we're not playing the sound effect. Moose. Hang on. There's moose coming. Okay. There's moose coming, buddy. Cool. 
I had to. Uh, I I hit the crowd with uh, with uh, a move from me. I heard. All right, there we go. Apologies, everybody. I had to stand up and get my hat. Yes, good good afternoon. I love the way you tip your hat, Rochelle. It really is. Uh, Howdy. It is really you. You've just you've you could be in the Midwest, my friend. I could. All right. So we talked about uh, yesterday having an unfortunate ending. Probably deserved a little better fate, but we didn't get it. But we're gonna move on, guys, and we are going to play. A little baseball game, and it's one uh, a couple of you were talking about, and uh, yeah, we really had to, we really had to kind of uh, dance around this one. It is going to be the Colorado Rockies on the run line at plus one thirty. Talked a little bit about surprising teams. The Rockies are one of them. They are off to a thirteen and ten start. They have been very good at home, nine and five on the season at the that court. second part's not surprising because they What's were great at home last year too. Uh, yes, they were. They were not. Uh, yes, yeah, not surprising. They were. They've been better on the road, but yeah. they've. Uh, they're still very good. Still very good at home. And somebody mentioned this gentleman just a minute ago. It's Pat Corbin, and he has been awful. And here it is by the numbers: eight six nine ERA, two point WHIP. The Nats are zero and five in his starts, and they have been outscored by an average of five runs per game when young Master Corbin toes the slab. And the Nats' bullpen is dreadful, especially on the road. They are worst in the majors, 6.58 ERA, 1.69 whip. And finally, the Nationals, they have lost 16 games so far. 13 of those games have come by two runs or more. If you're going to take Colorado here, you might as well take that plus money and grab the run line. And that's exactly what we're going to do. As Bet the Farm is heading to the mountains to take the Colorado Rockies plus 130. Scott? I'm assuming the bullpen numbers you mentioned for Washington were specifically on the road. Yes, I, I did say I did say worse. Okay. I thought I said worse road bullpen. Yeah, it's worse road bullpen. Okay, cool. Yes. I thought I said that. If I didn't, yes, it is uh it was on the it was on the it was on the scroll. So yeah. apologies if I didn't say that. But that's it. We're fading Pat Corbin, we're fading the Nats, we're gonna take the uh, Rockies to keep on winning. And that's going to do it for our farm. And that's going to do it for the show here on this Wednesday. You guys have a great day. Don't forget to check out all the other offerings here at Winners and Winers. One more at, uh, at Max Wagers Network and Winners and Winers. Make sure if you're, not re- if you're not getting over there to read Winners and Winers, you should do that. We don't talk about the website much. Get your ass over there. Read some of the great write-ups by guys like, uh, well, yours truly right there. Scott Reichel and uh, Dave the Dominator, Ben the Pen, uh, Jordy. Got a lot of fine writers over there. So, anyway... Guys, have a great day. Good luck on all your plays. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to stop by and see us again tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. As Scott and I will once again do our best to help you guys on that journey to head back to the window. Take care. We'll see you then.